the Lord encourages us through his word and reminds us in our relationships with him that, you know, we are never alone. He is there and he is sufficient. Welcome to the 30 Second Book Club podcast, a place for people who want to read more books and be in a book club but don't have time to do either. This week, uh, as things are kind of starting, hopefully, to get back to normal, Maybe you're still trying to figure out how in the world uh, I've totally messed up the distance learning with my kids at home, but I want to do a better job this summer, maybe just keeping that continuing education. Perfect person to talk to you about that is Tara McClary-Reeves. She was thrust into homeschooling a few years ago because of a medical issue. She'll share more in that in a little bit, but she also has a heart for teaching kids about Jesus, and that's what the idea behind her devotional is. Point Me to Jesus, 365 Devotions for Parents and Children. So Tara, let's start here. How do we do this distance learning thing better than we are right now? Because I, I mean, my hands up on this one. I struggled through it, still struggling even during the summer. Like, how do I keep my kids learning and, and knowledge stuff? Because I feel like they, I haven't done a good job with it in the spring, and they just might need a little catch up time during the summer. Oh well, I, I definitely think that you know this divine disruption, as Tony Evans so eloquently stated, that this coronavirus pandemic is. Uh, is a, a huge wake up call for us parents. You know, um, I, I did write an op-ed that Charisma Magazine circulated about um, just the importance of this time and the recognition for us as parents to surrender to the fact that, uh, you know, we, we cannot do this in our own strength. And to daily, um, you know, just call out to the Lord for him to be uh, the teacher of us and our, our children. And, uh, yeah, I have some amazingly funny uh, homeschool experiences that I'll be glad to share with your listeners. Uh, I was kind of thrust into the homeschool world um, not by a coronavirus pandemic, but sadly by our son's diagnosis with leukemia. Uh, he was a month shy of graduating from kindergarten when uh, he was diagnosed and his oncologist suggested that perhaps I homeschool both Daniel and his twin sister because whatever she would be bringing home at the time um, from school would also affect greatly her little brother so um, or her twin brother. So I did. I, I ended up homeschooling and uh, the Lord is so faithful. And uh, we homeschooled for four years. But I'll tell you, Andy, the, the first day of first grade, I wanted to replicate uh, what I remembered my homeschool looking like and feeling like. So I had the ABCs uh, on the, the ceiling on the, you know, at the very top of the ceiling. And I had a flag and started the day with the Lord's Prayer. And uh, about that was about eight o'clock, about eight ten. I looked at my watch. It's like, oh, this is a great time for a snack. So I said, guys, I'm just going to set this little worksheet on your desks and mommy will be right up with your apples and cheese. Went down, came back from the kitchen and those children were looking at those worksheets like it was Greek. And Andy, uh, it dawned on me, uh, our children did not know how to read and that I had to teach them how to read. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's how green I was going into the homeschooling world. So I can definitely relate to, to some of the parents, especially those that are trying to teach algebra to their children right now. But again, you know, there is, uh, there is no task that we are assigned that God is not more than enough to get us through. And, if nothing else, um, you know, through this whole process, uh, 
I pray that what we as Christian parents are modeling for our children in terms of watching them watch us surrender daily to um, the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our life. I think, you know, asking the Lord into our hearts and him drawing us, of course, it's, you know, he, he draws us to himself. And once we've made that personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ as our savior, um, what a, what a gift that is. Uh, what I struggle with is the Lordship factor. I don't know about you, but you know, <laughs> so often um, it's just, I, I totally have no problem, you know, with, with Jesus as Savior. It's just Jesus as Lord sometimes that he and I butt heads. And, and I think that, you know, there's a moment of surrender when we say, yes, Jesus, I need you um, because without you, I am a sinner destined for, you know, eternal death. But once we pray to receive Christ and accept what he's done for us on the cross at Calvary and three days later to rise again, proving his defeat over, over sin and death, I, I, we have that gift. And then we have the greater gift too in that sanctification process that there's that moment of surrender. When we say yes to him as savior, there's that process of surrender when we say yes to him as Lord. And that's one thing I have to check myself before I get out of bed and my feet hit the floor every day is, you know, Lord, um, please, you know, enable me to surrender to you in these mounting tasks that seem to just pile up, especially as the end of school nears with, I have twins who are now in their freshman years of college. And then we have a seven-year-old who's in first grade. And so we have, um, very varied seasons of life uh, represented in our house right now. But, um, you know, just to call on his strength on a daily basis, because he, he is always um, there and his word provides for us constant encouragement and refreshment. And, uh, and I just encourage your listeners, if you're not in God's word to make sure that, you're going there, most especially make sure that first and foremost, you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, because apart from that, we can do nothing. Um, you know, without saying yes to Jesus as, as our savior, we don't get the Holy Spirit until that moment. So once we say yes to him, we have the Holy Spirit, that supernatural power flowing through us that enables us to um, to face whether it be the coronavirus um, in our families that, you know, uh, whether it be a parent or a caregiver that lives within our homes that's struggling or whether, um, you know, your listeners that perhaps have already been facing chronic illness and now they're facing the threat of their children having a weakened immunity now exposed to this virus that, you know, is very frightening, but the Lord, encourages us through his word and reminds us in our relationships with him that, you know, we are never alone. He is there and he is sufficient. You were uh, homeschooled your kids for years. And I feel like maybe that would help you um, with uh, helping teach your children spiritual truths and things like that. Sometimes it's hard as a parent to figure out how do I instill God's word into my kids' hearts I mean, I've got a 13-year-old. He's, that's my oldest. And, I mean, I've always, I've always tried to just kind of pray with them. And, and, you know, I mean, every day I pray with them and things like that. But I had a, an eye-opening experience last week. We are at my, uh, my parents' house. And my dad just tells my 13-year-old, how about you pray for the meal, son? 
And my son got out about five words and he was felt so awkward. And I don't know if there was just this extra pressure that grandpa was asking him to do it. But I realized, I mean, at that moment, I thought, have I failed? Because I don't even didn't even don't even think my son knows how to pray. <laughs> so, so what do we do as parents to make sure I don't know to, to help encourage our kids so they know these things? Well, every moment is a teachable one, you know, and, uh, and no, you, you are not a failure. I, I think that's, that's a fabulous opportunity that you have even driving back in the car from being with your dad and, you know, saying, son, uh, hey, listen, you know, when I was your age being put on the spot to pray, that wasn't necessarily a strength of mine, but maybe you and I um, can just hold each other accountable to that and and uh, maybe we can just start praying aloud. And, you know, Psalms and Proverbs, um, my dad and mom really did a great job disciplining my sister and me to, um, to read five chapters of Psalms a day and one chapter of Proverbs a day. And Psalms are, are, God, are man's relationship to God and um, Proverbs are man's relationship to man. And, and you just, you read those Psalms and so often, I mean, just in, in, in my um, prayer adventure, uh, I would just take a few of those verses that David prayed to the Lord and kind of personalize those uh, as my prayers. And so um, just in, you know, just coming up and using God's word as um, your foundation and uh, practicing that with each other and knowing that, you know, there's there's not a wrong way to pray. Uh, most especially, it's very important to have our hearts right before the Lord before we pray, as you know, um, as a believer in Jesus Christ. I mean, you, you definitely want to make sure that you're not harboring any unforgiveness or bitterness or um, anger in your heart, you know, when you pray. So sometimes uh, that may be the first um, line that you do pray is, you know, Lord, please forgive me for feeling this way about, you know, my, my, my dad today or feeling this way about uh, this situation today, Lord, um, search me and know my heart. You, you do, you know, expose those things that um, in any way could be blocking my relationship with you and, and teach me to rely and uh, surrender to you. Another great way for you and your son maybe um, to, to hold each other accountable is to keep uh, not just a prayer journal, but a praise journal, you know, and it, it doesn't have to be something that's like a very detailed diary, but just, Maybe three things a day that, you know, you're thankful for or that you you saw evidence that the Lord, um, you know, worked in a relationship. For instance, our daughter Caroline was having a very difficult time matriculating back into regular school after homeschooling because, uh, you know, she had just not been exposed to some of the, the social dynamics. And, and she and her brother matriculated back into fifth grade, which which. Uh, you know, that, that's a very clicky uh, grade for girls. And uh, so Caroline was really struggling. There was one girl in particular that uh, was just saying some very hurtful things, um, not every day, but but every week at least. And, and so Caroline, I do talk to my children about everything, as I'm sure you do yours. Um, you know, they all have different personalities, and I'm, I'm aware of that. I, I, I try to become a I try to become a student of my children. And so uh, to see, you know, which personality will just tell me what's going on in their mind and then others that I have to creatively draw out. And at that particular time, you know, Caroline was one that I kind of had to draw out those feelings. And so we were just sitting upstairs and we had been <laughs> reading through uh, a little book and, and just talking. And she told me uh, what Taylor was, how Taylor was making her feel. 
Well, you're a parent, and you know immediately those feelings that kind of erupt inside you that I had to pray for forgiveness immediately because I just wanted to, you know, bop Taylor over the head. But uh, I had to stop myself. I was like, Caroline, you know, we need to pray for Taylor, sweetheart. You know, hurting people hurt others. And uh, let's not personalize what she's saying and and make it about, about you. But let's just pray that the Lord is going to, uh, through this, um, allow her to see the Lord so evident in your sweet spirit and in your kind words and in your discipline not to gossip about other girls. And, you know, let's just pray for Taylor. And so, Andy, for several weeks, I mean, it wasn't overnight, you know, um, the Lord, <laughs> he strengthens, strengthens our faith muscles and And he knows exactly how much time is needed. And I would say within four to five weeks, it could have been four to five years. I mean, if that was the Lord's timetable, but in this moment, he wanted Caroline to see his faithfulness within those four to five weeks. And Taylor eventually became one of her best friends. And so, you know, I think you and I, as a, as a godly father, and then um, me prayerfully as, as a godly mother pursuing Christ on a daily basis, you just don't want to miss those moments with your children. You know, we in our human flesh often want to try to take charge and take control and, and have the right thing to say, but God always has the right thing to say and, uh, and the right thing to do. And so, you know, just to be obedient to, to put everything in his capable hands. Hmm. So good. So we're talking with Tara McClary Reeves, uh, just great insight about, you know, teaching your kids and, and spiritually and, and just uh, through this crisis too, but now let's let's just jump into the book a little bit. And I just thought it would be kind of cool just to share a, a few of the devotions that you really um, maybe have touched you, or you just feel like you really want some of your favorites. I don't know how you choose a favorite out of the 365 you did. First off, that's got to be tough to to come up with that much that many devotions. Is that hard for you? I feel like I couldn't do that. Yeah, you're talking to me. I'm sure you can tell that this totally was a divine, divine right. <laughs> so, Yes, and I actually did. Um, you know, I was given nine months. Uh, so it is like birthing a baby. Um, I did ask for a three-month extension because, you know, I, I'm just, I don't know about you, Andy, but I, I sometimes feel like I want to tie a noose around the Holy Spirit's neck, you know, I mean, you know, and kind of lead him where I want him to go. And, and that was part of the beauty of this project. Why it was so good for me spiritually to be allowed to write this project was because, um, yes, I had the pressures of a publishing house and they were amazing to work with, but they still want to get a book out. Right. (laughs) And then my own perfectionistic tendency, which is a huge weakness of mine. And then, uh, you know, wanting to be a great mom. And, and so I wrote most of these, if not all, when my children were either napping or they were tucked in bed at night. So I was, you know, burning the midnight oil. But it, it's, it was such a testimony to me. And, and I did ask for an extension because I realized I can't just manufacture these. You know, I mean, these if I'm truly being led to the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, I, I would be, um, I would be, very rebellious if I were to say, oh, and by the way, we need to have this done by this particular date. So the publisher was incredibly gracious, and I really respected the fact that they respected my sensitivity to the Spirit's leading. So, um, yeah, this this was an outpouring of of God's work in my life. Um, they have asked for a sequel, and, and to be honest, uh, 
I've not felt so led yet. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, uh, especially with, you know, all that's going on right now, I, I guess with all the different schedules going on, but, uh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just, I'm not out to, I, I think there is such a gift and no, um, I just, I believe that, you know, the gift of no is so special. And um, I'm thankful that, you know, again, for that accountability with my husband, that he knows how I am um, when things are going on and, and he can kind of gauge. Um, he's kind of the thermostat of our home in that way, uh, if the timing is right or not. Um, so right now, uh, no, the timing is not right. I do keep a journal, not daily, but as often as I can. And I'll just share with you, um, one of the journal entries that actually ended up becoming one of these little discipleship lessons. Uh, it was a, I don't know how it is in Minnesota today, but it's really, really dreary overcast day here in Williamsburg, Virginia. And uh, there was a similar morning um, that my husband, my, my son and I were driving actually to um, one of his chemotherapy appointments in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And in my rear view mirror, I noticed, you know, our son's little head was tilting up toward the sky and, and he was looking at the clouds and he said, mommy, have you ever thought how the clouds are the sun's bullies? Isn't that a neat picture? Hmm. <laughs> have you ever thought how the clouds are the sun's bullies? And I just loved that. And I said, no, Daniel, you know, I haven't, but it's so comforting to know that even when we cannot see the sun, we know that the sun is still shining. You know, the sun always wins. And I think, Andy, right now in the midst of the pandemic that we are in and that we're facing, storm clouds are, you know, they're always on the horizon. Um, but even before this pandem pandemic, they were on the horizon. That's just life. And, you know, some of your listeners get a bad grade on the test that you thought, you know, you aced or your dad gets fired or, you know, you, you catch the flu and miss an important game or, or, Perhaps your entire baseball season's canceled like it's been this past season. Your best friend moves away. You know, what I've found, Andy, and I'm sure you have too, and your listeners as well, that God uses these cloudy days to keep our faith fit. You know, if everything went our way all the time, we would most likely be centered on ourselves and, and not on our Savior. And um, again, going back to like I mentioned to you earlier with the Psalms and Proverbs, Psalm 121, too, is a great reminder. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You know, that's a great prayer for your son. You know, thank you, Lord. You are my helper. There's nothing that I can do without you. And we are grateful for you and bless the food. Amen. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's just as simple as that. And, you know, even though we may not see the Lord during those gray days, like Daniel could not see the sun as he was looking so desperately through the clouds, the fact is the sun is there and, and he sees us. And I think we delight him most when we choose to march by faith in those cloudy days, uh, in those rainy days, knowing that he loves us and that he has the best in store for us. And the sun, S-O-N, capital S-O-N, always wins. So good. So good. Um, talking with Tara McClary-Reeves, uh, her devotional uh, book is called Point Me to Jesus. Uh, do you have another one you'd like to share, too? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, one, one resource that I'd love to recommend to your, your listeners, um, I do not get anything for this plug, but it's something that my family has done for decades. And I, again, I'm appreciative to a very intentional and godly mom and dad who have raised me to um, 
pursue passionately um, my relationship with Jesus Christ on a daily basis. But there's a resource that my husband and I now um, just, we, we kind of continue because of, of what my mom and dad instilled in me. It's the daily walk through the Bible. It's put out by walk through the word. And every year you literally can get through the entire Bible in a year. And I love the way that the devotions, and they're not devotions, it's strictly God's word, but there's an overview um, at the start of every day that kind of gives you the historical context and the biblical context, and then you just get right into reading straight through Genesis and Revelation. Well, guess what I'm in this month? I'm in the book of Job. And that's just uh, always um, just a, a very interesting Interesting book year after year to read, but I did write a devotion um, about about Job, and uh, I entitled it, uh, He Being God, you know, He is Faithful. And one of my favorite verses now, and I I just never would have thought that I would have said this, Andy, um, kind of like Leviticus. I have a favorite verse in Leviticus. I never thought I'd say that either (laughs) after reading through God's word in a year and just how the Holy Spirit just just enlivens, you know, the word to you in such a special way. But there's a great verse in Job 20, I think it's in in 29.3, and it says, By his light, I walked through darkness. By his light, I walk through darkness. And, and that particular devotion uh, just just gives a very brief picture of Job. If there were an us times, we know that, that Job was from the you know, land of us. You know, if there were an, uh, an us times, Job's face would have made the cover. He was the richest, most successful man in the whole region. You know, he was honest and hardworking, a man who loved his family, a man who loved his Lord. He wasn't without sin. Uh, Of course, only Jesus was without sin, but it does say that he was blameless and and he he just chose to seek after the Lord with all of his heart. And uh, he was left, though, with a grieving wife and a few buddies that that make you think that one of his weaknesses was just picking the wrong friends, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And um, but how a man that truly loved God so much um, be left with so little. But, you know, God's. God's very clear in this book that Job's losses did not mean that God had turned his back on his follower. In fact, just the opposite. The Lord allowed Job's suffering to reveal the depth of Job's faith while also paving the way for him to experience God's blessing in the end. And even through the process, you know, that, that he understood God's character like none other um, through that. And I think you and I, you know, we've experienced a string of bad days, maybe even lately, like I have, you know, but we, we should never assume that God is out to get us or, or let us, you know, question his goodness. You know, when our son Daniel um, was, was diagnosed uh, with leukemia at, um, at age six, the very, very first verse that God put in my mind that night that I was in that hospital room next to his bed. Um, not sleeping was Psalm 119.68 that said, God is good and what he does is good. And so what God was reminding me, even in the midst of that valley, that verse popped in. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't even, because it was so sudden with Daniel's diagnosis, I didn't even have time to grab my Bible to take it to that emergency room. And then immediately be escorted up to that 11th floor. I can still smell the antiseptic 
smell of that hospital so, so incredibly um, vividly. But God, because I've learned to store God's word in my heart, that was the verse. And I do believe just like in Job's situation, and just like in our situation now, I know, I know for a fact that your listeners are facing many Job-like situations, but we should be encouraged and challenged to trust the character of God. You did an article talking about the three A's to guide your crisis homeschooling. Yeah, these are lessons that, you know, I'm reapplying now to hopefully encourage those of you who are in these unexpected homeschooling days. I I pray that these will be an encouragement to you. But number one I listed was admit that God has given you more than you can handle. Um, You know, the the first night that the nurse came into uh, our little boy's hospital room when he was diagnosed with leukemia, Uh, Her words to me were, you know, sweetheart, it's going to be okay. God will never give you a burden bigger than you can bear. And uh, I turned to her and said, ma'am, you know, actually, that's not a biblical truth. You know, that that verse in Corinthians says that that God will not allow us a temptation bigger than we can bear. And he'll always provide a way out. But I, I don't look at cancer as a temptation. I mean, this is this is definitely a burden much bigger than I can handle. And, um, and if the Lord didn't give us things bigger than we could handle, we wouldn't depend on him, would we, Andy? I mean, I think, you know, we would want to depend on ourselves. And, and I, I think cancer, coronavirus, instructing our own children amidst calls to shelter in place are all bigger than us. And so I would suggest that this be the foundation of your crisis homeschool curricula, that um, this whole pandemic is not about our sufficiency, but his and I think that my husband and I both continue to learn that our, the best way for our children to develop an active trust in Christ Jesus is by witnessing ours. And when, when I'm overwhelmed by a circumstance, if they don't see me drawing my strength from the Lord Jesus Christ, then I, I feel that I failed them in this first lesson. Um, number two, I think we need to acknowledge uh, our need for daily reliance upon the absolute promises of God. Every trial is an opportunity to trust his protection and perfect love. God knows that our faith muscles grow best against resistance and making time daily in his word is vital for toning and survival. I do have a devotion and point me to Jesus. That is one of my favorites and it's called weight training. And guess how I spelled weight, Andy? W-A-I-T. You got it. Yes. W-A-I-T. Because I do think the Lord uses those weights to strengthen our trust in him. And, uh, you know, let your children observe you seeking wisdom and strength from the unchanging truth that is the word of God. Again, um, in that article, I referenced reading five chapters of Psalms a day and one chapter of Proverbs. That way you get through both books of the wisdom books in a, in a month. Um, and, you know, perhaps choose a scripture verse a week to memorize. Uh, John fourteen six on a refrigerator door, a bathroom mirror. I mean, I do think that the Lord has allowed this homeschooling opportunity for those of us who are Christian parents to absolutely have a divine platform to instill biblical truth in our children like never before. And thirdly, we need to act out and on his truth. Um, you know, guys, your teachers will get mad at me, but I say, 
ditch the worksheets and strive to inspire your class, your family to live out God's word in their lives in practical ways. You know, um, one, one thing that we did as a family, we studied Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 together, which talks about putting on the full armor of God. And I invited my little one to go raid our attic and closet for belt, shoes, old helmets, and my, her, her big brother's protective lacrosse chest gear. And uh, then we fashioned colorful shields and tinfoil swords, and I let them play dress up. And they reminded me what it means to put on the whole armor of God. And, um, you know, and I don't think ever before have we had a better time to study the life of Noah. I mean, Andy, he was ordered to shelter in place for 370 days. Can you imagine? (laughs) And we're complaining over 50 right now. But, you know, I think... um, encourage your children to, to read Genesis 6, 9 and pretend that they're Noah responding to God. Build a boat. My, my little girl Harrison loved doing this. A few weeks ago, we built a boat out of sheets and throw pillows and we added some stuffed animals, as many as we had, to um, kind of replicate being in the ark. You know, because Noah's example encourages us to rest on the promises of God as we face the challenges that life will bring. And I think you and I know, Andy, that because the Bible tells us so, we can know that every circumstance in our lives, from viral pandemics to pop-up homeschooling, is under his control. Jesus' faithfulness didn't fail yesterday, it hasn't today, and it certainly won't tomorrow. Again, if you want to find out more about Tara McClary Reeves, her book is called Point Me to Jesus. It's a devotional book. All right, so this is going to do it for the 30-second book club podcast for a few weeks as I go on vacay and just uh, take a little time away. Get into nature, right? Everyone should do that a little bit this summer, especially. Uh, So next podcast is going to be coming up on June 30th, right here, wherever you download your favorite podcast. And if you like what you're listening to, be sure to share it with a friend, too. That helps out a whole bunch. Thanks.